The Conformance Cast is an educational series format podcast providing information on international standards, quality systems, conformity assessment, and measurement training. For more information on the topics covered here, visit a2lawpt.org for blog posts, free recorded webinars, and our entire catalog of instructor-led and e-learning courses. Welcome to the Conformance Cast, a podcast by A2LA Workplace Training. I'm your host, Evan Hodges, and I'm back again with Mr. Awesome, Rob Kanaki of A2LA. How are Happy things? Oh, <laughs> awesome, of course. You know, I, I shouldn't be able to answer any other way, I don't think, with yeah, that I think. I think that's like a, a law that we have to apply. If you are named Mr. Awesome, you are only allowed to ever be awesome at all times. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Rob is taking us through this series on the top 10 deficiencies for ISO IEC 17025 colon 2017. That's the latest version. Um, and we are in the, the bottom of the list now. Things are getting very suspenseful. Uh, you gave us a slight spoiler last time about what the, the next one was going to be. Shame on you. The third most cited deficiency for uh, 17025 is documented competencies and supporting records. I have a hard time with the word competencies. I don't know if you can tell, but documented competen competencies and supporting records. Uh, so you were clearly very excited to to talk about this one. So <laughs> yeah. why don't you why don't you go right in, Rob? What exactly is the section referring to, and why is it important? Well, uh, an example of what we're talking about here is one's competency to say the word competency. And yeah. Evan, I don't know, <laughs> I, I, you might need some more training and you know, we may have to, <laughs> to go about that again. <laughs> Competencies. I got it. <laughs> that was it. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Now we just got to ensure your ongoing competency and uh, see how you do next time. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, we're almost certainly going to say the word competencies again in this podcast at some point. So you can check in on me. All right. I'll, I'll grade you at the end of this, right? Yeah. I'll see if I can sign you off to train others or not on the, at the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So this section of the standard is something that while not new by any means, they, they kind of elaborated on. And the old standard talked about training people and then authorizing them for specific tasks. But authorizing someone to do a task isn't really the same as ensuring they're competent and, mm -hmm. you know, documenting that competency. Yeah, you can tell anybody to do anything, so. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> I, I've probably been authorized to do a lot of things that I'm not really competent to do. <laughs> so, but in uh, the fact that the standard, the title of the standard includes the word competency for, you know, laboratory activities, it, it should be something that's very important and has its own, I guess, special clause in the standard or section in the standard. So this is about indeed documenting how you as a laboratory define what competency means to you for specific activities and positions, right? And the standard will tell you that you need to have competency requirements to include things like uh, education, the training necessary, experience for for positions or job categories or specific individuals to say okay this is what i consider uh you know to be 
uh, criteria for competency, and then how do I go about evaluating said competency? So I've I've confirmed they have a degree. I confirm that they worked at you know XYZ laboratory for five years. How do I really know they're competent? You know, is that something like they have to pass a proficiency test? They have to um, you know spend six months in a mentoring and have the mentor sign them off. Things like that. It, it, it's not just an authorization. And while we were doing this as laboratories, this is good laboratory practice in the past. Now the standard requires specific elements to be defined and then to have records that you've ensured competency for some of these specific elements. So that's where the gaps come in from the last standard. And that's why I believe this section of the standard ends up on our top 10 deficiency list because it's it's not a new thing, but there are some new elements to uh, an old concept of, of course, we had to ensure we had competent people. <laughs> you don't just go grab somebody <laughs> yeah, off the street. And one say, would hope that that's a yeah. no brainer, but. Right. Yeah. So this is this is generally more about the documentation of, uh, you know, if you ask somebody, you know, Evan, how are, how are you competent? to be you know the podcast host here how, how have you determined your competency to do so you've found me out rob i don't know what i'm doing um, <laughs> either do i so don't worry <laughs> well i would say in my in my uh my dossier here that you know i have done podcasts before i guess i would have to prove that though if we're using this as an example right right so i have to provide evidence that i have actually recorded audio of myself speaking at some point in the past and that other people had listened to that audio of me speaking. That's right. And if you really wanted to get, you know, uh, down to it, it maybe even include you have a, a four star rating at least, you know, oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, not only can... that I've done it, but that, uh, you know, I wasn't awful at it when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we shall see. I, I uh, see if people are tuning me out here soon, Evan. <laughs> mm. Well, you have a, a very pleasant voice to listen to. So I would hope that people are listening uh, just to to hear your lovely voice, if nothing else. So, Yeah, and I got the face for it, too. So that's yeah. <laughs> an old dad joke there. Yeah, in. that's a that that joke, I think, was invented about three days after radio was, was invented. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I do have a question, Rob. Uh in the text of this clause, it says, shall document the competence requirements for each function influencing the results of laboratory activities. Uh, and that just really seems like a can of worms as to how you determine what exactly influences the result of laboratory activities. That's a whole sort of chain of events that arguably influences the results of your laboratory activities. How exactly do you parse that? How do you determine what this part of the standard applies to exactly? Sure. So the standard, again, is always focused on the competencies and, you know, how things are going to impact the integrity and validity of the results. And as you mentioned, that can mean a lot of things. So laboratories, they'll have the flexibility to kind of define those specific activities in a general sense. Or, you know, more specific per each task or activity. And, you know, that could encompass things like purchasing and ordering supplies and or services from like a calibration vendor or equipment. 
um, you know, from obviously then running the specific tests or validating methods and doing verifications and training. So I, I think you as a laboratory will have a pretty good idea of the critical or the key functions that actually influence or impact the results. Um, we wouldn't be looking for, and the standard wouldn't be looking for something that says, you know, this person has been authorized and found competent to order the paper for the cop- copier or something like that, you know? So. so it's, it's not a butterfly effect scenario where someone dropping a pen this morning has to be documented in case now the pen doesn't function, that sort of a thing. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be <laughs> some reasonability. Uh, but some things, you know, you, you might forget about would be, uh, even in the it department, right? If, if the it, the way it, stores the data, you know, your server security, things like that you might not immediately think of as being like that critical because maybe it's outside the lab walls, right? Or part of another department that that could have an impact and you'd want to evaluate it. And that seems to be where we we see the gaps. You know, if there's a separate purchasing or procurement department, there's a separate IT department. Uh, sometimes the laboratories get very hyper focused on the, the wall within the walls, right? And there may be mm-hmm. some functions outside of that that they didn't really think about because, you know, those aren't the people they see every day. They aren't the people maybe that they even interact with every day. So I get I think that's the area to to think about and focus on and make sure that you've addressed if if those, you know, entities or uh, different departments have an impact on the test or cal results. Let's move on to number two. We're getting down to the exciting stuff here. All right. Uh, according to this list anyway the second most cited deficiency on this list is clause 8.9.2 management review inputs so this is a list it is uh, says the inputs to management review shall be recorded and shall include information related to the following and then it gives a list that goes up to I think the letter O this is a very, very long list of inputs. Uh, and I have to assume, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have to assume that that has a lot to do with why this is so frequently cited. Exactly. And, uh, you know, there are, I think, 15 items on that list. And that list expanded in the 2017 version. Uh, I can't remember if it was three additional items. I think it maybe was 12 last you know, in 2005 and now it's 15. So I think the reason, one of the big reasons anyway, you see it as number two is that they did add some things and they kind of tweaked language uh, in this new version and people just didn't update their templates, their agenda, Mm -hmm. you know, their procedure to include those items. Uh, So I think that's why you see this creeping into the number two position on the list. Uh, are there any uniquely tricky ones here? Are there there any that you think uh, are prone to tripping people up? Or is it just a sheer volume of, of information that you have to be cognizant of recording all of these as, as inputs and documenting them? Probably the one that seems to be overlooked the most is uh, talking about risk and opportunities or, or risk. Because risk is a new, well, it it's not a new element, uh, but it's a term that's uh, used and greatly expanded upon in 2017. 
So it's now a specific input you have to talk about the risk that you've identified, um, whether it's a risk to impartiality uh, or if it's just another general risk to your laboratory operations. You have to discuss those during the management review. And um, I think that is probably one of the most overlooked inputs in this new section of the standard. But uh and again, that mainly, I think, is due to the fact that people in their transition, you know, when they sat down and they created their agenda template to make it really nice and have every bullet there in the 2005 version, they maybe changed their procedure and they forgot to change the form, you know, or the agenda, <laughs> and they just forgot to add those items. And then you have your meeting and that doesn't show up on the agenda. So you, maybe you talked about it, but it wasn't documented or maybe you just forgot to talk about it because it wasn't on the list. Yeah. There's that tricky documentation thing. Again, you can't just do it. You have to prove that you did it. So that comes right. into play as well. Yeah. And another thing I think that maybe causes an issue here too, is that, you know, this version of the standard kind of gets away from that old school thinking of, you know, this needs to be a, an annual thing and done once a year and you get, everybody in a big room and you know the bosses stand up there and they it's like the state of the union you know or whatever <laughs> so now they they relax that a bit uh you know you can you can basically have these in different you know different meetings and you know you have virtual type environments and things like that where you may discuss these you know, some of the elements in one quarter and then some in the other but overall through your management review um process you address all address all these elements so yeah, th there could be a little bit of, of that going on as well, rather than the once a year sit down and let's go through our list of A through O, I think, like you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that we're going to keep everyone in suspense as to what number one is, the number one most cited deficiency. We're going to give that its own episode. So we'll wrap up here. Uh, we will touch base with you again soon, Rob. Perfect. Please do subscribe to the Conformance Cast from A2LA Workplace Training. A2LA WPT does have both instructor-led and self-directed e-learning modules on 17025. So that's something that you can check out on our website, uh, a2lawpt.org. We will see you again soon, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Conformance Cast by A2LA Workplace Training. A2LA Workplace Training provides high-quality training and consulting services for laboratories of all kinds throughout the world. Find us online at a2lawpt.org or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook by searching for A2LA Workplace Training. <laughs>